Enterprise Fleet Summit. I'm Dooner here with Michael Vincent, the dude. Man, I'm so excited to be here. I can hardly uh, keep myself from waving to everybody. Hey. Yeah, even after you learned it wasn't the Enterprise Fleet Summit? <laughs> it's not. Well, I, I noticed you'd left the L out of there to see if I would uh, misspeak. Hey, this is a great time to be having <laughs> this conference, right? This, yeah. This virtual event. So there's been a lot of talk about what's been going on in the contract and the spot markets and the freight markets. Yeah. Just yesterday, the spot rates in Sonar came out. It's a downhill black diamond ski slope. If you look at this picture right here that we got of the skier <laughs> the one going down the Sonar right chart. Now. Thank you. Uh, and if you see that, it dropped another 13 cents. It's been downhill for, for two months now, but it dropped another 13 cents in uh, yeah. the past week. Well, look at that. The, the, look at the slope and, and how it hits. A guy's about to go off another cliff right there. Reminds me of the drunken Frenchman, Mary Jane Mountain in Winter Park, man. Two and a half miles, all moguls. The moguls are, are like fuel prices, right? Because yeah. you see this going down, and that's bad enough. But fuel's still way up there at five dollars a gallon, five oh seven a gallon, right? It sure is. Which is, and insurance prices are up, and and that type of, and volumes are coming down. So yeah, not a good mix of uh, of inputs for the. Uh, for the carriers. Well, today we'll get some answers about what's going on in the market. We're also covering uh, the geometry of geofences. That's pretty interesting. Ooh, How nice. tech is enabling large fleets, the power of location analytics, and becoming a broker of choice. But before we get to all that, we got a trucks.product review for you. That's right. We stopped by the Circle K and we picked up a little Beyond Meat Jerky. So you drivers out there the trying to cut back on your meat intake, trying to eat healthy on the road, Beyond Meat's got you covered. This is a one-ounce bag. It's $2. The one I actually got at the Circle K, this is a sampler from Amazon. Mine's wow. teriyaki. What do you got? I got uh, Beyond Meat Jerky uh, Original. All right, give it a try. Plant-based. Uh, give it a try. Slow, roast, slow roasted kettle cooked. Let's give it this here. Yeah. Try. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to tell the difference. Full disclosure, I've had this before. Um, it's really good stuff. Is it not? Dude, that's excellent. You would not know if I put this in a Jack Link's bag, would you? No, no, that's excellent. Yeah, delicious stuff. 90 calories a serving, 2 grams of fat. You got 10 grams of protein, probably you know, an ass load of sodium, but yeah. so it's regular jerky. Try yeah, try the teriyaki. No, it's got Good the, stuff. you can feel the, 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 the consistency is perfect because you can tell a bag of this, your jaw's going to be hurting. Yeah, and that's the thing. This stuff's <laughs> made out of like pea protein and like mung bean protein, and you'd think it would be like super mushy, but it really does have that, that raw pull <laughs> of a nice piece of jerky. Big, it big tears, fan of that. Yeah, tear's nice. Yeah, that teriyaki's excellent too. Excellent stuff. Hey, I give it a thumbs up. I give it a thumbs up, too. You want to check it out? You're trying to cut back on the meat, or you just want to try something new and different? Beyond Meat Jerky. Circle K. Right That's where we found it. Let's talk about uh, increasing driver demand. What's going on with increasing driver demand? How fleets are dealing with it? We've got Trans Forces, Dennis Cook. He's the president and CEO over there, and he's joining us today right on this show. Awesome. Dennis, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. You ever have this uh, beef jerky before? <laughs> or this fake beef jerky no, before? No, it looked pretty good. I want to try it. Dude, it's Beyond tasty. Meat, huh? It's tasty, man. Beyond non-paid. Me, this is not a paid advertisement. This Dennis, is good stuff. It's oh, not. The, it's sodium, just... the, the, the sodium's dangerous. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got to drink a nice 64-ounce uh, jug of water when you're, when you're taking this stuff down. But yeah. where are you sitting right now? Well, what part of the world are we hitting you on? So just outside of D.C. We're out in, in Arlington, Virginia. Nice. Well, you, like, you guys have been around for a long time, but there's always new entrants coming into this industry and new listeners being introduced to these programs. So how about a little elevator pitch on what Transforce does before we jump into it all? Yeah, Transforce has been around for 30 years, and we provide driver solutions to carriers. And uh, 
you can really put our solutions in into three buckets. First, we call driver direct. This is where we're helping carriers to uh, to hire their own drivers, and we're providing various levels of of leads for them in their recruiting process. We've then got our driver ready products, which is where the driver works for us, and we're leasing the driver to a carrier either on a short term or a long term dedicated basis. And finally, we've got our entry level driver. Uh, program where we've got CDL schools around the country and we're partnered with CDL schools and to have access to over 30,000 graduates a year. Um, and we also have our troops to transportation program where we are on several military bases a- across the country and we're having a lot of success placing our, our veterans into driving jobs. Yeah, those are excellent programs. The troops to uh, transportation are, are, are really good stuff, Dennis. How have you guys been uh, adapting to this increasing demand? I mean, the demand for drivers is, is, is through the roof or has been for quite some time. Sure. How have you guys been adapting to that? Yeah, I mean, to your, your point, Michael, just the demand is off the charts. It just keeps increasing. And we've done two things that, that are different. Um, first is, uh, is our CDL schools. We, you know, historically... Uh, carriers wanted more than one year of experience. And, you know, what's fascinating is as we're going to our carriers and, and explaining the um, driving experience that our veterans have had when they were in the service, and they call it MOS experience or military occupational specialty experience, uh, that counts for something. And so uh, between MOS experience along with a finishing program that we put in place where we partner with our carriers and, and work on a customized program where the, the driver, in addition to their CDL experience, uh, they're getting, you know, six to eight weeks of finishing experience. And so that's worked well. More and more carriers are now taking uh, CDL students right, right out of school. Second thing we've done is, uh, which we're very excited about, is we're re- digitizing the interface between drivers and carriers where a driver is putting in what their qualifications and preferences are into what we call Transforce One or TF1, uh, which is the application we put out there. So they put their qualifications and preferences, and a carrier is putting in um, what their job requirements are. And then we're digitally matching the two, and we're having a lot of success with that. It's it's cutting out a lot of the inefficiencies today that exist between you know, a carrier finding the drivers that they want and a driver finding the types of jobs that they want. So those are the two things that we're doing really to, to help with the, the shortage issue that we see. Dennis, how does how do market conditions impact that? We talk to a lot of drivers on the show, and especially over the past two months, their main concern really has been seeing those spot rates fall down, seeing fuel go way up, as well as just general inflation in the economy. In terms of like recruiting for, for you folks, how much does the market factor into that? How much does demand factor into that? How long and how short are you looking? So, you know, with what you're seeing with, um, you know, the shortage that we're seeing out there, Dooner, it, like I said, uh, demand has just been off the charts. And so, um, you know, as, as you're looking at the needs that carriers have out there, we are, we're focused on how do we get access to more drivers and, and match them up quickly. And uh, that's been part of the problem. It's just it's taking, you know, numbers we have is it'll take a carrier 50 to 60 days to uh, to find a driver. And it's, it's the costs have been going up dramatically. 
And so making that process more efficient for the driver and the carrier is critical. And there just haven't been the digital tools out there that are needed. And so that's what we're bringing to the market. And we think it's really going to help. So, uh, Dennis, what are you guys doing differently to meet these new market demands and these new market uh, needs there? you got to be changing up the game, right? Yeah. So take you through kind of how it works and what we're doing is, again, putting in place digital tools to make this process more efficient is important. And, and so let me just kind of describe for you how, how it works. Uh, uh, a driver will go out and can download Transforce One or TF1 from any of the app stores, and they'll put in their qualifications, you know, what, what CDL license do they have? What are their endorsements? And then they put in their preferences, such as, you know, are, do they want to go over the road? Do they want to stay local, regional? Uh, what type of equipment? Are they, do they want to drive? Uh, what, what pay ranges do they want? So they're putting that in. And then the carriers are able to put in, um, hey, here's the job I need to fill. And, and then they're saying, what level of service do they want? If they want the driver to work for them as their W-2, then they're putting in, hey, I want a qualified lead. I want a vetted lead. Or I want a driver who's got the DQ file, or the driver qualification file, done already. And so they can pick that level of service or they may say, look, I'm, I want to lease the driver. You know, I've got a surge capacity requirement or a seasonal requirement. So we've got carriers who are putting that in and then those jobs are getting pushed automatically out to the drivers and the drivers in their queue of jobs then see those jobs that match what, uh, what, what's closest to their preferences. And then they can hit the interest button and it goes back to the carrier and the carrier is then able to review the driver and decide whether or not they want to hire them. And so, you know, that, that's a big deal, Michael, it, being able to do that efficiently where you've got all of these jobs that you're able to put in front in a prioritized manner mm -hmm. in front of the driver and the driver's expressing interest to the carrier and the carrier can see all the drivers that have applied for their jobs and be able to just click on a button and get more detail in the driver. We're finding it to be very effective. Wow. Great, great recruitment technology as yeah, well. Yeah, no, um, sounds awesome. People who want to learn more about TF1 and what you guys do, where should we send them to? Yeah, so go to transforce.com forward slash TF1. <laughs> and we've got, uh, we, it's interesting, on, on the application side for drivers, as I said, you can go out, and uh, you can go to any of the app stores and download the app. We've got, get this guys, we, we launched this, you know, summer of last year. We're approaching 25,000 drivers already who've downloaded the app and are using it. And I think that's just going to keep growing um, over the coming months. Uh, but then when you go out on the carrier side, you can go out to transforce.com forward slash TF1 and get in line for a pilot. We're out there on pilot in pilot right now where you've got a, a carrier portal, what we call it, we call it TF1 for carriers, where you can put your jobs on the app and have it sent out to all of these drivers and then get interest from the drivers and evaluate them. So Very, uh, very cool, Dennis. Couldn't, couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be uh, more excited. It's excellent stuff. Yeah, thank excellent, you so much for uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your time. You bet. Appreciate Take it, care. guys. Thanks. Right on, Dennis. Thank you.
whole time I had like a little piece of beef jerky that was like. Or I, I knew fake, it was you know, this. Like, I, I thought you know when you said we were going to do this today, I was like, my throat. I imagine I that was going to happen to me. That's always what happens to me. Well, it happened but, to me. Yeah. It's my fault. Well, I right, summoned well, all this. Well, let's talk about broker of choice, especially brokers that don't have jerky stuck in their throat. It's Jay Gustafson. He's the EVP of brokerage operations over at Echo. And Jay, I've been over to that Echo office before. You guys have a beautiful place. I think it was winter of 2019 that we were we were out there. Yeah, it's a great location. Uh, we're looking forward to getting back in, in full force in the coming weeks, but it's it's a great spot, you know, right in downtown Chicago. I had a horrible experience. So I went to Lou's, right? And I thought I was ordering a, dish, <laughs> a deep dish, but I ordered a margarita. I waited 45 minutes. As everyone else, like, waited for their deep dishes, and they brought me out this, like, little thin crust margarita. It was one of the most disappointing uh, days of my life, but it was still a good time. Hopefully uh, this doesn't offend you, but I actually like the thin crust at Lou Malnati's better than the thick crust. I used to deliver pizza for them back in college, so Lou's is close to my heart. You well, you are a very smart, very smart man. Uh, you know how to pick things. How about brokerages of choice? This is especially important now, as you know. Whenever markets shift, relationships get strained. One side's happy, one side's angry. This is freight, and as you see with the spot market, it's going down. So, you know, we all have to deal with angry truckers now, right? They're wondering where the rates are going. Yeah. Let's talk about broker of choice. What are the green flags for encouraging or the encouraging signs that a broker's technology can support the growth of an enterprise fleet? In any market. So from my point of view, like the, the green flag to use that, that terminology is working with a broker that is willing to be flexible in the technology solution that they approach enterprise fleets with. You think back a few years and the real technology that was driving the digital evolution with trucking companies, 3PLs in general, were apps. And, and from my point of view and the experiences we have at Echo, an app doesn't necessarily meet the needs of some of these enterprise fleets that we work with because there's a dispatcher making the decisions. They've got a native TMS. They need a 3PL or a broker that's willing to approach the technology partnership in a flexible way. And so where I think you know companies like Echo have had some success in this realm and having positive adoption of our you know digital interactions with enterprise fleets it's, is it's meeting them where they want to be met. If Echo Drive Web or mobile is the right solution for them, we've got that available and, and they can get full transparency into the Echo ecosystem through that platform. But what we've seen is many of the enterprise fleets over the last couple of years are looking for integrations in addition to those um, products or apps that 3PLs like Echo have historically offered. So simple answer Broker of choice is somebody that offers a flexible um, approach in how a 3PL and a carrier can integrate and, and share information transparently. Yeah, so uh, Jay, you've mentioned a whole bunch of trans, uh, 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 you know, buzzwords in there: transparency and integration and and uh, collaboration, etc. As far as integration goes, right? What are those that are the integrations that are going to actually help with growth? And besides time savings and cost savings, are there other advantages to these integrations? So I'd say, yeah, I'd say in addition to time savings and uh, you know better cost optimization. You know, I think when you're interacting within this way, you're getting a complete, you know, snapshot of um, whatever operation you're looking to focus on. And so I think to your earlier question, you know, what type of capability are these integrations really focused on? Mm -hmm. They're focused on 
the parts of a dispatcher or fleet manager's job in an enterprise fleet that is incredibly time consuming. And what are those? It's, it's finding freight and it's providing tracking and freight management updates to the brokers, shippers that they're working with today. And so as we've interacted with enterprise fleets throughout North America, the problems that they have really been looking for Echo to help solve is technology and integrations that are focused on, on those two areas. And over the last 12 months, I would say the momentum is really beginning to focus more and more on that booking and available freight um, aspect of the operations between a 3PL and, and a broker. So time savings, better pricing, and and full access to a set of opportunities is, is really what I would say is the value behind these integrations. Jay, as the years go on, I mean, tech promises a lot, but as the years go on, it seems like, you know, things like customer service have become almost a dystopian nightmare. There's, there's clearly limits to tech. What is the correct balance between tech and human support? So, you know, we strongly believe at Echo, the, the winning formula is that combination of technology and relationships. We use the term technology at your fingertips, experts by your side. And so where we really look for the technology to fill the gap is on these repetitive, high-frequency operations that I mentioned earlier, finding freight, providing tracking updates. Those are happening dozens, if not hundreds of times a day for the partners we work with at Enterprise Fleets, where the technology um, isn't solving problems or isn't filling a, a gap today is with exception management, is with strategic solutions that we may work with a carrier to develop to keep drivers domiciled in a certain area of the country. And so we look at the technology as a mechanism to help with those highly repeatable tasks. But then we still have the relationship managers, the experts behind the scenes available to help with exceptions, new opportunities. Enterprise fleets aren't interacting with Echo today for simply transactional backhaul opportunities. They look mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. regular freight, and, and that can't always be solved through technology. One other you know, just detail I would probably highlight specific to enterprise fleets that technology is not solving today is we offer something called a continuous movement program, mm -hmm. which essentially allows enterprise fleets to get dedicate drivers to Echo at um, guaranteed revenue thresholds on a weekly basis. Um, and, and that's something that the technology isn't really facilitating. So these hundreds of drivers that are part of this continuous movement program got set up through the relationships and the strategic approach that our, our teams are able to take with these partners. That is uh, it's really good stuff. And the, the transparency, If I'm, I mean, the technology and integration that you're talking about here really lets you guys focus on that value add that you have, like bringing this uh, uh, continuous movement type of thing in there. It's really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. And you really need the combination of the relationship, the technology, yeah. and the scale from a marketplace to execute on that type of program. Jay, when you look at the market right now, before we let you go, confidence, non-confidence, what, what do you think? This is like the million-dollar question everyone's, uh, everyone's wondering about right now. It's, there's no uh, a way to argue the objective decline in rates that have happened over the last 8 to, to 14 weeks. From my point of view, 
we're still well above what we would consider normal within the industry. And I also think we're approaching the time of year where rates typically start to stabilize or tick up. So I'm personally optimistic that we're going to see a little bit of a, a balance take place. But, um, you know, we got to keep our eyes on the data and, and see where things head over the next couple of months. Yeah, smart way to be, Jay. Smart way to be. Uh, Echo, go be a broker of choice. Go work with Echo. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great day. Take care. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. How about we talk to Uber Freight a little bit, right? Yeah, I always like talking to Uber Freight. We got Bob Chappies from there. He's the GM of Carrier Operations. And we're going to talk a little bit about how their API works. Hey, Bob, how are you doing today? Hey, great. Thanks for having me on. You are a, uh, you're an old coyote guy, are you not? Yeah, I sure am. I spent uh, about eight years uh, eight years there, and that was the first job I had out of college. So, definitely beautiful. Well, you and know that that's it's like the quite a few ex hires here um, here at Uber Freight these days as well. Sure, Ooh. yeah, they, they they have a nice reputation. Uh, where are you sitting right now? Where are we where are we connecting with you from? Yeah, I am in the old post office just over the highway in Chicago. So, um, I heard Jay plugged his favorite pizza place. Mine is Peace Pizza in the. Bucktown neighborhood on uh, on North Avenue, so I not also not Chicago style, but it's my by far and away my favorite. I, I know you know it's like in Boston, everyone thinks like I'm from Boston. Everyone thinks like people drink Sam yeah. Adams there. Nobody drinks Sam. Nobody drinks like yeah, Bud no, no. Light. They don't uh, drink. They don't drink. Yeah, Sam yeah, Adams. it's like Bud Light. Well, let's ask you some questions. Let's actually get to business. How does Uber Freight support carriers of all sizes, from owner operators to enterprise fleets? I think a lot of people, you know, they know about the owner operator side, but how about with enterprise fleets? Yeah, definitely. We're kind of known for our commitment to carriers in general. And then when, mm-hmm. we, when we first started, we were kind of the, the model was always that we would aggregate this long tail of carriers who were really, really small. So we're kind of notable in that space. Um, and there's like this famous stat, um, 90% of the trucking companies have 10 or fewer trucks or something like that. And as you start to unpack that, you start to think about, well, where are actually the, where are the trucks? Where's the capacity? And when you start to look at the larger end of the carrier market, of the trucks are actually owned by carriers that have 300 or more trucks. So it's a very important space for us to be in. And almost all of those companies are operating in some version of a TMS, whether it's, you know, an on-prem system that's been around for a while or in the cloud that is is just getting started. Um, And those those systems are incredibly useful and they're incredibly sticky and sometimes incredibly expensive. And so those fleets are in that in that TMS world and they want to be. Um, partnering with someone that can kind of meet them where they are, like Jay said earlier. Um, and so we realized the importance of the segment and we realized that we have to meet fleets where they are in their TMS. And so we came up with a plan to get our loads to them without them having to do a whole bunch of the legwork. So we've built an API, basically just pipes all of our available load data directly into the fleet's TMS system, which allows them to do some incredibly cool um, customization and modification of the way they want to work with Uber Freight. Yeah, that all makes perfect uh, sense, Bob. And we've been watching the uh, evolution of Uber Freight since since the start, really. Of course. Uh, and it's been interesting and, and, and exciting to watch with you guys. So what, what are the steps that you guys have taken now that you've realized it? Or, or the realization was really there at the beginning, I guess. But what, what steps has Uber Freight taken to, to really support the needs of those larger enterprise uh, fleets, carriers? Yeah, and I was going to say, I had a front row seat. I was one of the employees in the warehouse out in San Francisco when we first started. So I've seen us grow from kind of start to where we are now, and it's been an yeah. incredible ride. But um, I guess you could say in 2019, we had kind of a deflationary environment for rates, and we started to invest a lot in features that would improve utilization for trucking companies in general. 
trucking companies care a ton about, especially in um, loose markets, they care a ton about utilization of their trucks to keep the wheels moving. Um, so we started investing in programs like bundles, like committed capacity, save lanes, and this sort of thing that would allow you to keep your wheels spinning. And then in in that same time frame, we started to think, okay, well, we need to get our loads to these fleets in a way in a way that allows them to let the computers kind of take over and start doing some of the route optimization and planning work that fleets tend to do in their TMS. So we invested in that product. That's that's a live product. We have several integrations live and more in the pipeline, um, and fleets are finding it incredibly useful. That's a live integration and a step that we've taken, but I'd say because of the focus on utilization during a kind of a loose market, we've already started to invest in products that will enable fleets to um, do business when when rates kind of start to decline and demand slows. So how does that uh, API technology work and how does it help with that? Yeah, so the, the best way to think of it is like, if I'm, if I'm a dispatcher today and I need to plan a route for, let's say, 20 drivers, I'm on the phone with a broker negotiating one, one load or two loads or three loads at a time. And my viewpoint of all the available demand is, is super limited. So if I'm spending an hour to hear about three loads, I can't build much of an optimal route. What the API does is it just makes thousands of uh, demand points available for the computers to look at. And they can do this stuff like in, in one second, a computer can decide how to plan a route for a hundred trucks, let's say, whereas uh, a human might spend uh, hours and hours and hours trying to find the perfect match for the perfect truck. And it's just like, it's not an efficient process. And so that's, that's kind of our idea there. And um, it's quite, it's working quite well for the fleets that have onboarded. Yeah, the efficiencies of more data and it getting there on quickly, instantly for, for analysis is excellent. We're looking at a market right now that, you know, seems to be, well, it's quite apparent that it is it is going down right now. Where will it go and what is, how far will that trough be, right? Is there going to be a bloodbath? Is there, there? What are you guys seeing in the market right now and how are you guys preparing for it? Yeah, I would I would say something very similar to what Jay said, but on the on the supply side, we're seeing labor return, truck drivers are at back, entering back into the market, record new authority entrance um, into the market. So the supply side has recovered since pre-pandemic. Demand is flat, maybe even a little bit down. Um, but, but what's happened is through the pandemic, fleets were investing tons and tons of money into trucks and trailers, which were costing them almost double what they had mm-hmm. costed pre-pandemic. And so costs are only rising. We, or I guess I personally expect that Rates will continue like some some sort of deflationary trend, but probably rates won't go as low as they had maybe in um, during the pandemic, just because costs remain because the cost because the cost pressures yeah. that have been added to the model. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's what we're hearing from everybody. It's pretty significant, and um, you know what some people have said too is you know it is April right now, like. Yeah, it's been a bad it's been a bad couple months. Let's but like May could be the real sort of uh, litmus test for what summer is gonna mm-hmm. gonna look like for all of us. Uh, in the meantime, though, Bob, people who want to work with you, they want to get connected with your API. They like what they heard. Where do I send them to? Yeah, you could you could either send them to our website uber.com/freight, or you can have them if they're interested in like an API connection specifically. You can have them email me direct at bob.chapius at uber.com. Hey, thanks so much. If you see uh, Bill Driegert running around playing drums somewhere around the Uber Freight offices, I think he's over in the California area. You see yeah. him over there. You say hi to for us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I th- Bill and I, we were talking about maybe starting a band. We have an upcoming conference here at the old post office. Got to do it. Wait, you, do, it. do you play anything? Do you play? What do you play? 
Uh, yeah, play the tambourine and uh, maybe a little bit of guitar. There you go. Wow. Percussionist. Oh, wow. All right. We'll you talk to you about our freight band, brand, band one of these days. Thank you again so much for your time today, Bob. Appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you. Good Amen. stuff. What are we going to talk about next? How about ge the geometry of geofences? This is something I've never even like really considered and thought about. But then when I read the topic, I was like, yeah, I want to know a lot more about well, the geometry a lot of geofences. Sense. How many times have you sent a truck to a place and you go to the warehouse and they're at the wrong door? Oh, no, it makes absolutely <laughs> sense when you look, like, go in Google Maps, look at the footprint of right, places. Right, it make, they're not all like perfectly right, even squares exactly. or circles or whatever. There yeah, is geometry yeah. to it. Well, someone smarter than us will tell us about it. It's Rishi Mara. He's the director of operations and strategy over at Trimble Maps, and he's here with us now. A pro geometry professor, thank you to, for coming on the show today. Ooh. Wow, I wish I could say I'm a professor in this, but glad to be part of the show and excited to talk about data and place locations in here. Well, it looks nice and bright and sunny where you are. Where are we connecting with you from today? Um, from our offices, the Trimble Maps offices in Princeton, New Jersey. Beautiful. There you go. New Jersey, keep it strong. Beautiful. Well, let's talk about that geometry of geofences. How does that work? Well, um, when you think about locations, and this has been, lots of studies have been done around where do you dispatch the truck to, right? And people dispatch, they might not have the proper geocoding address for those locations. Besides having the proper geocoding, which you can see on a Google map or somewhere, you want to send them to the right truck entrance. So what Trimble Maps has done is it has taken the data from the various fleets that utilize our solutions, whether it's through PC Miler, through Copilot and other data sources, and put our GIS team, our cartographers, to plot out the actual geometry of the parcel land, not just the parcel land, we exclude all the trees and other places, but then using machine learning, identify the precise location where the trucks enter and exit from. So we take the polygon geometry as a geofence so that we know where the gate should be located, that using our machine learning algorithms, taking the GPS things and verifying it with those location owners, we're able to put in the precise gate locations. So if you relate that, that data, the polygon geometry, could be used for various purposes, and the gate locations could be used for actual dispatch for the drivers. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. You, you, you notice physical photographers at the place taking pictures of these things. What, is all the, uh, what are all the data points that you're collecting on each one of these locations? So we're collecting the GPS coordinates, obviously. We're gathering at precise address, the hours of operation, contact information. We're capturing information such as what do you do when you get to the gate, uh, but not just capturing it on our own, but different fleets might have a secret code or secret uh, message to pass to the gate agent as to let them in at a certain time. So we are allowing our end customers and end users to be able to take that information and store it in our system as well. So their drivers benefit from whatever their custom instructions might be. In addition, we are also taking the next step to identify, we heard about from Bob and others in the past, fleets have invested so much time in new assets and new trucks. We want to make sure when the truck reaches there, they have an idea of how long will it take them to be able to get into the facility, get loaded or unloaded, and turn back out. We want to ensure that they have the path. They spend the most time driving, moving the freight, rather than spending time waiting in parking lots or other places. So we're capturing the time spent on facility. We're capturing the dwell time, which is based on either the power unit, the tractor itself, or for trailers, how long a trailer has been used. So we're capturing that aggregated across all the assets that are out in the industry to provide a view of what is happening. And very similar to when you look at a Google map and you look at the restaurant's ratings, you're able to see what the current wait time is. We'll be able to provide that level of information for the truck drivers, for the fleet owners. If you reach at 11 a.m. 
at a Walmart distribution center, you can expect to be waiting for two hours. And today is less busy than what it was on a typical Wednesday. So you might be out in one and a half hours. So those are the data points that we're capturing in there. So I got to ask you something. So one of the things that drivers always tell us, their top three concerns, one of them is always having their time wasted, right? This just dwell time. Are you hearing about carriers? Now that we're starting to get better data with between geofences, with dwell time data, are you hearing of carriers holding shippers more accountable due to keeping their drivers for longer periods of time? Uh, yes, there are carriers definitely have expressed interest in wanting to go down that path. Might not, and holding accountable could be treated in much different ways, right? We have had not only the carriers come back to us and saying, how do we factor this information next time we have to bid on a lane? How do we highlight this piece of information to the shippers, to the facility owners, that your turnaround times are way off uh, from the regular industry standard? But what you'd be uh, surprised at is we've had the shippers themselves come back to us and say, we are interested in becoming the shipper of choice. We are interested in making it much more easier for carriers to do business with us. We want to be aware and we want to get the feedback from the carriers, from the drivers, so that we can improve our facilities and turn people in and out much faster. So it's going to work both ways. I think that is what our system is going to allow the carriers and shippers to have a platform where the data from the carriers is flowing seamlessly in for the shippers also to be able to gain insights out of and improve the collaboration between both of them. I think it's excellent. I see Trimble maps, and I immediately think route optimization only, like routes and stuff like that, right, sure. real-time data. And, that, and you're talking about the 12 minutes we need to get back for our capacity to be in great shape right there at the dwell times and everything. So you're talking about shipper of choice, et cetera. Can these locations be rated, and are you accepting feedback from those carriers based on the what they expect to see there? Yes, definitely. We're trying to set up a rating system, which is not just a simple four-star, five-star, three-star, but factoring in multiple pieces of information. It could be actual comments from the drivers who are on the front face out there dealing with the facilities, down to the CSRs at the carriers who can provide their inputs about the facility, and then taking in the computed time, which should be the source of truth, which is very important, right? It shouldn't be a dispute. If you think about where Trimble Maps and ALK came back from, PC Miler as an industry standard from a contractual basis, we want to set up our computations of the dwell time as a source of truth, which can be used in negotiations. So taking the feedback from the drivers, from our automated compute, computing that we would do based on the dwell time occurring, from the CSRs, from the carriers themselves, you would establish a rating mechanism which can score on a given scale, and it would be an industry-independent verified source for us to scale that and provide that insights. Excellent stuff. I like everything I heard. And if the audience yeah, did yeah. as well, where do we send them to to get more information on keeping track of their assets, uh, keeping uh, keeping track of those dwell times and using that information to make their operations run smoother and make more money, of course? Well, they can definitely go to our website, which describes the APIs. All of this is available through developer.tremblemaps.com. They can look at the demo, live demo that we, the recorded demo that we showed earlier today uh, as a part of this event. They can reach out to me. My email address is rishi underscore mehra at trimble.com. So more than happy to take inquiries on that and guide them to the right locations. Rishi, thank you so much for your time today. Have a, have a great time out there in New Jersey. Thanks a lot. Happy to be here.
Thanks. We appreciate it. Princeton, New Jersey. Hey, by the way, thank you all for tuning into this show today. We got more event coming. A little order of business here. You can win a Yeti Tundra Hall cooler. Go yeah. to live.freightways.com to register. This is not important to you if you've already been on live.freightways.com because if you're watching this there, you register. But if you're on LinkedIn or one of our other social sites or even freightways.com or tv.freightways.com watching this, there's a good chance you're not registered. And if you're not registered, Michael Vincent, what happens? You don't win. You can't win. You can't win it. You can't. You don't no, have any you, no, shot No, it's whatsoever. just a wish. It's not a goal anymore. It's just a wish. Yeah, you instead of ending it. yourself into a raffle, you're saying, I don't want this cooler. Yeah, you're saying, ah, you know what? I can't And if you're cool with that, if you're cool with that, be that way. Live your life that way. But for Your those friends of you who come over it, and they say, hey, where's the drinks? Yeah. You're sitting on the sun. For those of you who want a chance, for those of you who want a shot in life, <laughs> go to live.freightways.com and register for this Yeti cooler. Stick around because we get a fireside chat on where the future of driver recruitment is headed. Uh, after that, we got how health and wellness can improve driver attention. We got to put that coffee down. Check out What the Truck Live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at noon Eastern Time. Look us up wherever you get podcasts. Amen. Download the Freightways TV app to watch it. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dunas, D O O N E R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Don't be a stranger and tell them how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere. <laughs>